Welcome to Smileys. So we are still doing Fall of Light and this is chapter 11. Shocker. Yeah, it's been like, yeah. we just started maybe three months back and we are halfway through, not even halfway. Not even halfway. Halfway is 14. Oh, we still have a way to go. So this is just This is like 39 11. to 40% of the book. Yes, yes. It's, and we have yeah. like, yeah, we're not, we're not complaining here. We are doing this out not of passion. We love the book. Yeah. Even though it, we come off like, you know, we just hate reading it at this point. It's not. We we are seriously enjoying it, but it's just nice yeah. to complain. We are seriously enjoying it. And we also have drinks because I cannot stand yes. this Trevor Sober. So, <laughs> cheers and uh, uh, I'll get started soon. Yeah. We had chapter 10 with entirely set in. No? So was it chapter 10? Yeah. In the Citadel? In the Citadel, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And now we go to Neretzor for the opposing view. And Lee, take us away. Yeah. So... On the topic of chapter 10, chapter 10 is basically what you should do under, what you should not do under any circumstances. And chapter 11 is doing all of those things. So um, I'm currently drinking because this is a very irritating chapter to both read and summarize uh, for reasons yeah. we will get to very soon. Therefore, without further ado, scene one, the book of Sagander and the contrary book of Renar. Now, the adopted okay. daughter of Lord Vatha Ursander, Brother Light, passively observes the procession of Sintara and Sagander as they approach. Renara considers the procession to be somewhat pathetic in nature. Only the broken would stumble upon religion, and she recalls her conflation of temple and whore tent in days past. The need yet remains the same, and the satiation is still ephemeral. Sintara, who is vain as always, uh, she is bedecked in jewels and makeup to beggary king, confers blessings upon Father Light, and Renard tries to gauge the man's mood, but finds herself unable to, which is an impressive feat, all told. Rosander, however, makes his intent quite clear. He is unimpressed by Sintara's vainglorious display, and would rather they dispense with the pleasantries. She obliges, informing Rosander of the birth of a new sorcery, born of light. Rosander merely makes note that Hunral, not unlike Sintara herself, is making up titles to heap upon himself as he goes along. Which is true. And Sidara pales along further, pales even further. Now, first and foremost, among Ral's many, many invented titles is Mortal Sword of Light. And so he would claim a martial role in this cult. Sindara takes offense at that. This is no cult. There's, yeah, there's sorcery abound. Light essence is everywhere. That's precisely the problem, Sindara. No matter. The man before her is named Father Light. But he angrily responds that he is named Vatha or Sander, and he will take no part in this farce. What did they see in him that made them think he would be willing to marry Mother Dark? Well, it's his legacy of honoring duty, of course. A duty granted unto him by neither Mother Dark nor the Highborn. Why, they have said nothing, and so blessed silence crowds his ear. Alas, that has come to an end, with Emrelania reaching out to Sindara not long ago. Acknowledging the necessity of balance and the marriage between light and dark and all such bullshit, Sintara reasons that Emerald must be speaking for her goddess, which we know she isn't, else she can lay no claim to that of high priestess. Okay, now, I know I've said before that Sintara is a creature that is incapable of recognizing irony, but <sighs> yeah. bear with me. <laughs> Urusander laments this peace forced upon the realm, but Sintara insists, is this not victory? Well, no, because the Hoster rearming. It would have better, been better to bury those accursed weapons. Hanerald's arts were taken too far. Though Ral's treachery is unforgivable, it is at least partly understandable. Which is... I'm not a apologist is... in the room. I'm not going to talk about that. No. No matter. <laughs> no, no, like, yeah. 
this shows urusander like he so weak weak spine i don't know he knows that hunral actually betrayed everyone but then he's seriously considering it right because we achieved something we destroyed the whole hust legion so his yeah. legion is has the upper hand and he's acknowledging that yeah not good not good why is that weak willed it's why is it i mean he's being a hypocrite he says things like i'm being honorable and i'm not going to marry mother dark and all that and then he's allowing mm-hmm. his legion soldiers to do all these things mm-hmm. he's not this is the whole point right he's not taking action he's not being angry he's just mm-hmm. accepting whatever is happening do you have some counter why are you so glad to let me keep talking no i don't i don't disagree no oh, you're I, mean, yeah. me, right? i don't think that's hypocrisy i think that's an interesting aspect of the character but you can view it as hypocrisy that's fine yeah We will talk about this as the book progresses because obviously this might be a big question later. Anyway, the book progresses uh, or the chapter, the book. Uh both. The book. Both. Yeah. No matter. Uh Honral will be found answerable for his crimes. Sintara alas holds no power over him and as he refused her title of Destriant when here we clap. Uh and so daughter, <laughs> sister, whatever, light cannot command the mortal sword. It must be Father Light, since Raal has dispensed with his rank of captain. He is currently in the camp, meeting out companies to track down Sharina Sankadu. Ankadu? Ankadu, right? Sharina Sankadu. Okay. Everything is the same for me. Ankadu. Yeah, Ankadu. Okay. At the mention of that name, Otter's Hunter tri- turns to face the window, dismayed. Sintara finally, finally, takes notice of Renar. But the latter is hardly impressed and replies to the priestess's inquiry that she is discomfited at Sagander's presence and, more pertinently, Sagander's purpose. Why, if she could be bothered, she might draw out a scroll or two and sow the seeds of schism before the religion can even be born. The Book of Sagander and the Book of Rana. I'm going to take a shot here. One sec. <laughs> I, I really like that. A contrary account by, what is it? Book of Rana. Book of Rana. Yeah. Right. <sighs> Aquavitan Caesar. Yeah. I'm going to need a lot more when we get the Sagander and Sintara's POVs later. Mm-hmm. Now, Sintara languidly dismisses her, claiming that her cynicism is a stain on her soul. Renard thinks that cynicism is, a, is her coat of arms, and the power to affect redress does not lie with this woman or her sorcery. She offers her thanks and appreciation for the sentiment, and Sagander steps in, calling Renard a whore. At which point, Dursander blasts him. He knows of Sakander's writings and how they mangle every notion of justice imaginable. His mind was never equal to the task, and his life had added nothing bearing layers of spite. Good God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sintara, rather pissed at being dismissed, claims that Mother Dark awaits answer, at which point Orisander puts her on blast too, if Emerald is indeed speaking for Mother Dark. Does that mean that Sintara speaks for Father Light too? Or has Hunral beat her to that privilege? Now the priestess, still indignant, argues that Ral makes a mockery of the sorcery he possesses, but it's potent nonetheless, at which point Orisander finally snaps. This, all of this, <laughs> began by his request to the nobles for recognition, and restitution of the legion that was denied that was the seed of his complaint no light no pogroms no treachery where where in all of this is his justice now for that matter justice has left the page since chapter one but Rosander is incapable <laughs> of breaking the fourth wall like Renard is so bear with me we'll continue okay Yeah. Sintara, who, credit to her, did not flinch, responds that justice will be meted out by his hand at a position of equality with Mother Dark from the throne of light, of course, 
will Father Light demand any concessions he desires? Because, of course, Centaura can't understand that people have desires that extend beyond themselves. Even still, he may demand concessions for his loyal soldiers due a reward. Can we just take a moment to appreciate how much, how gloriously Centaura misses the point every time she speaks? Yeah, yeah, sure. The point isn't about demanding anything. Just... No, I think oh, she's not, like, she's deliberately missing the point. She wants to push him to one point, right? She doesn't want him to claim that he's being altruistic and he's caring for the soldiers. Even with all that, she wants this thing to happen. Yeah. He has to take it upon himself. So, I don't, maybe she's deliberately missing the point. Maybe she's really that dumb or maybe she's just <laughs> pretending to be that much dumb. Oh, I, I think it's a bit of both. I think Centaur yeah. is definitely a bit too high in her own supply. <laughs> She is definitely That's playing okay. him. She only, only supplies light. Wasn't yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah? Jeez. Anyway, I have, we, we have an entire POV of Centaur later, so I'm just going to save it for now. A few moments pass in silence before Sander asks to see the note for himself. Centaur offers to recount it, but the commander replies that unless she wants to be also be his secretary, she will bring him the letter. She obliges, and Jeans again relieves the scene, leaving Renar alone with her Sander. Renara immediately points out that he will never see the true letter, for Centaura will find some reason or another to transcribe it. They're playing with him, but from here on, he will be more diligent, because he has shown his capability of seeing through the shit. And more to the point, he seems to have awakened to this moment. Rosander replies that he misses Serenus, which is now who is now being hunted by half the Legion. He gave her cause, no, no, never mind that, that would sound too close to competence. The captains <laughs> gave Serenus cause to set on a murder spree, which admittedly they did. The instigator of the pogroms still lives, and alas, is now beyond reproach. Would that Serena's had begun with him. The commander makes a request in a tone somewhere between a plea and hope, asking Renard to be his confidant. Alas, if he wants her to be his reluctant conscience, it would be best if he did not chain her. Rosander replies that his conscience is more than enough, but her keen eye and acuity in picking apart Sandara's bullshit will prove useful in the future. I concur. Renara, unfortunately for Sander, is not much interested. She baited Sagander out of boredom, and maybe if she repeats that lie enough, she might just believe it. Regardless, her thoughts shift to Sagander, and how the very faith he and Centaur espouse is bound to underscore their inherent flaws. Pure, burgeoning light yields no regress to notions like truth and justice. Father Light, interesting to note that this is virtually the only time Renara refers to Sander by his name in her internal monologue. Name as um, Sander? Yeah, she said oh, her, the line is, do you grasp that, that or Sander, your yeah. high priestess prayers and mortal sword? Yeah, which is very interesting because usually it's father, and she refers to him as father with capital F, proper noun. Yeah. So I'm pointing this out as yes, if it yes. matters. It doesn't matter. God damn it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> father like high priestess, uh, fears the mortal sword. His historian is maimed by his own bigotry. His first captain dreams of her return to the courts, and his adopted daughter, why? She must turn away from this dance, no matter how honorable and honest it might be. Renar is doing what I will delightfully call Kadashpalang. Just like Kaplowing. <laughs> trademark. Copyright yeah. lean 2023. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She sees all this, but she promises she will not blink in the light. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first line, right? That she doesn't blink. She stepped out of the yeah. tent and she did not blink. Yep. Still, Sagander's crutches reminded, reminded Renar that those who are hurt often make no display of it, and even should they remain unseen, still the blood dripped upon her coat of arms, her perfect, perfected stain. And yes, Renar is finally talking about herself obliquely. She's cynical, she is hurting, and she can display none of these traits, lest, well, who knows what will happen. Now, last time, she claimed what it was lest her heart awakened to pity. Yeah? 
her stain is her cynicism, right? That's what she says originally, but it can be interpreted a variety of ways. But yes, probably. Okay. Next clip. So, yeah. She's obliquely talking about herself, even in her own thoughts, because she doesn't have, uh, yeah, coke. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. I bumped the mic. Apologies. Hmm. Right. Um, so, Same I'm too? going to claim that you should pay extra attention to this scene in particular, because... Basically, right. everything that happens from this chapter onward is, like, retroactively proving this incorrect. Basically, everything Renard says will end up coming to pass, because guess what the is unpredictable. Um, and, uh, no, it just proves uh, Zilia's point that Renard is the chorus of There's more chorus than, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it makes so much sense, you know. I, I didn't really understand when I first read the comment, but now that we're seeing like this, it, it feels more and more that she's being a chorus here, right? We'll talk about that later, because it gets one last scene at the end of the chapter. Mm -hmm. And if you've read this book before, a lot of alarm bells are going to go off. But anyway, that's for way later. See? See? Not responding. Scene Scene two. two. Build me a fire. Ah, nice. Yeah. You know, this should be the episode quote. Yeah. Build me a fire. Now, we're taken to a meeting of captains for Sanders Legion between Khalid Bahan and Tathlorat and our man of constraint, Hunral. In short, (laughs) uh, Khalid has this... (laughs) Halid has dispatched scouts to track and hunt Shoina Sankadu. I have a and question. Part, yeah, yeah. What is this thing about Halid Bahan and Tate Lorat's bare shoulder? Is she wearing anything? What is the whole thing supposed to be? I'm fairly sure is she is. Like sleeveless armor or something? Is it Probably, yeah. It's so weird. It's so out of place. So Yeah. Right. It's just making the whole thing very lurid and weird and preparing us. Oh, yeah. I think by now people know that what this chapter is about, right? Which is what I've named scene three, by the way. But yeah. And which is why we are drinking hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, so Halid is also to depart himself very soon, but he needs somebody, namely Hunral, to look after his wife in case she engages in um, promiscuity. I would just like to point out the man that uses his own cousins for sexual favors, both for himself and others, is presently slut-shaming the polygamous nature of Halid and Das marriage. Got it? Good. Is it is it polygamy? Please. It's so weird. It's like, she's right there and he's saying, oh, she will be distracted, so you take care of her. And she's just sitting there. It, it's so weird, so dumb, and it's so irritating, and I don't like it. Yeah. No, it's more so because he's thinking that, like, oh, their antics have been suffered too long by Ursander and whatnot. No, but... As if he doesn't fuck his cousins. Anyway. It's not about him. I'm not talking about uh, Hunran. I'm talking about Halid Bahan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, I mean, both are sorted. But the fact that Hunral is pointing because it's, like it's, it's an extra bad thing. Like, oh my god, how dare he not do anything about this? While he, you know, yeah. Anyway, I don't need to point this out for anyone else. You no, guys get it. It's, it's, let's just accept that every Leo son that isn't Renard is sorted as fuck. Yeah, but even is, if Renard's Leo son, which she might not be, she yeah, just now we read that she hadn't like you know changed into fully light skin. Yeah, she but wears hesitation or something. Hmm. And there is a mention at the end of the chapter that um her aura is the color of slate. Is it? We're getting oh. there. We're getting oh, there. Slate. So, um, Raoul raises one very good point. That Halid, in offering uh, him his wife, uh, discounts Tath's own desires, but in the name of necessity, and the need of allies, Han concedes, if only for the moment, and so Halid continues. Shoinas has acquired an extra horse, somehow, 
and is presently riding westward through Youth Forest, perhaps attempting to ride a dragon's keep. The problem with that, however, is that the ice on the northern rail is treacherous, and she might well drown, which also happens to be a problem for Ral, as he needs Shaina's alive. <clears throat> if she reaches Dragon's Keep, Hal is just to stand the fuck down and return to the Legion camp. In any case, though Bahan seems somewhat dismayed at the fact that he cannot besiege the Keep, they intend to reach and capture Sharina's long before that presents a problem. Thus, with orders to be back within the month, Halid departs. Tath, once more incognizant of irony, asks Ral if the challenge excites him, and Ral effectively tells her that all her promiscuous shit is over, not because she's a slut, we'd never call esteemed ladies of cruel Galene such derogatory oh. terms. No, 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 we would never. God. Of course, but because the necessity of keeping the Legion together. Oh, and her whoring out her daughter, that must end too. Tanith is angered by this, and claims that the ways of her king are not for Ral to trifle with, to which Ral responds that, being the child of light, she too is kin with him. And then he blasts her with sorcery. <laughs> the fuck Do you know what is the line which the, I really liked in this section? Disgust is too kind a word for these two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it coming or is it, is it over? No, it was before, it was before, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> When he was slut shaming, yeah, I, I, that was the the um, the cue for the slut shaming quote, yeah. So yeah, and um, he sends her sprawling across the tent. Uh, Hoon yeah. imagines Centaurus' surprise at this unveiling, irony incoming, before delivering some rather overt threats about his title and their kinship. He dismisses Tath after ordering that Shaltatha be taken under Renard's wing for undisclosed reasons, probably to do with further slut shaming, and lays down for a little to cool down after his display. After partaking of alcohol, because of course, uh, Ral thinks on how alcohol has a scandalous effect on him anymore. Jokes on him. <laughs> he can't seem to get drunk anymore, but that's all the better. He's already learned to hide his sobriety, and it served him well enough to confound others into underestimating him. As you can tell, I have no such weaknesses. <laughs> no, it's just a reminder that, you know, Emerald had the same thing. She was also getting high on yeah. the buying or something. You know, there is a part of her which is still rational and which is still sober. So these guys are not able to get fully drunk, which is poor taste. Yeah. So sad taste. Yeah. Yeah. He leaves, walking through the camp, remarking on how powerful he is and how much he could do with his newfound sorcery, because God forbade anyone exercise <laughs> caution with newfound powers in this book. <laughs> Slipping into a sorcerer's vision of sorts, he starts noticing that flames are peculiarly brighter and seething. Hmm. Even the sparks from a whetstone seem to be devoured by the iron whose thirst is unquenchable. To make a long story short, Ral finds an undisclosed face female it's, it's on a wrestle, uh, in a campfire. <laughs> Whereupon she makes an him undisclosed feel... What? Yeah. what did you say? An what? undisclosed? An undisclosed female face. No, it's, it's all a wrestle. It's, it's all her. Yeah. It doesn't actually explicitly say that it's all her. It never says, yeah. Her name never comes up, yeah. So, in case uh, you read this chapter and you don't know who this is, Take it from us, it's all right. Spoilers. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're not dumb. We we trust you. We have faith in you. Right. So yeah, we upon, write this uh, chapter. Yeah. Do you realize that? Whereupon uh, she makes so him. Because uh, 20 wrong. months to yeah. get drunk. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's pretty strong and I yeah. <laughs> Whereupon she makes uh Ralph feel like the puny ant that he well and truly is. She first mentions Draconus and whether or not he comprehends the new birth of light and its implications, with his lover striding the eternal expanse of essential night, which is a set of words, searching a power she cannot find, for power is not born of love, 
except for the wise who don't actually know of their wisdom and other such vague cryptic shit. TLDR, all originalists. I think it's a nice quote, no? Alas, wisdom is the rarest wine, and even among those who partake of it, there are few who will know its flavor. But you, O mortal sword of light, walking preen with pride and drunk on nothing but self-satisfaction, your ignorance makes your power deadly, untempered. I felt you. Where have I heard that one before? (laughs) Yeah, so she was drawn to him. That's all we need to know. (laughs) Olaretil was drawn to this guy because he has untempered, deadly power. But then, oh, but case, yeah, she says yeah, something sensible, yeah. right? For the first time, we hear something sensible from Olaretil. Power draws power, yeah. the thing. Yeah, which, yeah, anyway. Um, hang on, what was I? Right. In any case, Ronald's plays will not do. In both a metaphysical sense and an all-too-literal sense, Olaretil claims that power draws power, like Mora mentioned, since disliking arrogance is commonplace. She offers him some unbidden and unsolicited advice. They'll define her, forge an answer to Draconis' gifts. Find an artisan of metals, build her a fire, and she will guide them to the first forge. Now, I made mention of this last time, I think, that you may or may not recall that Dragnipper was forged in something similar, what Draconis calls Burns White Heart. We don't know if it's the same thing yet. But I don't think uh, it is. But we don't what know. What about that sword, the the one with Henerald Hust got for Andavist? Grief versus Vengeance. That sword? Yeah. It was forged was, in the uh, first forge. He What's did that? say that it is a first forge. Yeah, Henerald has some, say something like, I took it to the first forge where the first dog went and built the first fire or yeah. something like that. Yes. Oh, see? Something I there remember. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, light must therefore face dark as an equal. For as it stands, light is ever destined to lose. For though it no doubt tries, it, as Calden explained in Chapter 9, is the absolution of chaos, and therefore cannot defeat dark in eternity span. Ral's puny assertions otherwise simply reveal a petty mind. Little more. Olor instructs Ral to tell Sendara as much, and puncture her bloated presumption, Jesus. If they seek domination in this absurd war, they will fail. Ral, ever the pragmatist, tells Olor that light and dark are but veneers, and this war is waged in the name of the Legion's institution. He will win for the Legion the just... <laughs> Sorry, I can't go on. <laughs> Basically, Raoul substitutes one delusion with another to mask his desires. Mm-hmm. Olarethel leaves him by telling him to build her a fire, and then enticing him with a weakness, and thus the infamous Hunral fucked a campfire seems born. How can you get that thing wrong? He fucked a cook fire, not a campfire. He fucked a cook fire, yes. I have named yeah. scene three, uh, he fucked a cook fire, so, you know, there you go. Mm. Um, do you have anything That's to add to this chapter. scene before they can another There's one? nothing that's happening here. It's all about him fucking a cook fire. Yeah. So she tells him three times. We are so getting demonetized. Fire. Yeah, what? Hmm. We are getting trouble yeah. demonetized. Our four sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, may I continue? Yeah. Okay. So, Captain Feyermanand is informed of Hun's conceptual fireplay adventures. God <laughs> forgive me for uttering the sentence. And her first reaction to that is, I, think, I need I think that I've sort heard. of shit. Nif say something like that. It yeah, was I think it's Nif. I think it's from Nif. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's not shame him. It is still consensual. <laughs> God be left. <clears throat> Dismissing the lieutenant that delivered the news, and Fein made her way to the Temple of Light, and through Nerit Sor. And as is tradition, while walking, she thinks, "The Temple of Light is a resplendent, emanating well light from light. every wall and every crack." The architecture of the rooms themselves belie the splendor of the facade. I'm 
Daffinaring, I'm sorry. Um, architects must have been in short supply, Nerdsor, but regardless, the intended effect is very clear. Alas, Infeyan is deeply unimpressed, owing to her innate positive imagination and lack of wonder. In other news, Infeyan is a discount couple of dreams. She makes up no, for those she's... perceived defeats. Yeah? <clears throat> yeah, you're right, you're right. I think she's, yeah, she's needed to pragmatism, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's like Capolo, but also more ruthless, which makes her more dislikable. <laughs> yeah. Capolo is fun. She makes, yeah. At least Capolo has great, a yeah. yeah. She doesn't have anyone. Capolo, at the very least, Capolo has like code of standards, you know? There's no <laughs> in the name of honor, one in the name of duty, one must set aside honor. It's like, no, I will cut the guy's cock off if, it, if he touches another kid. So, you know. <laughs> And, you know, uh, he's the... Complete random side note. Just, you know, we... Yeah. She makes yeah. up for those um, perceived deficiencies by also being devoid of mercy and any measure of soul. And yes, if you're wondering, and Fayin was the captain at Andrew's house in Forge of Darkness. And also, what? almost certainly, the captain what? of the squad Wait, of the soldier what? under Nar standing. Yeah? What? What captain of what? Where? Sorry, I didn't catch you. The legion that attacked the Andrew's house in Chapter 14 of Ahode? That's the captain. Is she responsible for the whole Anestia thing? It's her. How do you know this? It's explicit. It's said in the book. Right. That's right. So no wonder Menander turned off like that. In case you ever wanted, if you wanted to know if you should feel bad about this character, you shouldn't. It was, after all, a and legacy of the family. We don't feel bad for Narad. So why would we feel bad for her? I mean, why wouldn't yeah. we feel bad for her? Nobody's beyond feeling bad. Yeah. No. But yeah, in fine, no, no, sorry. You know, I can't. <laughs> okay. It was, after all, a legacy of the family. A family that had seen its science battered and its prestige torn down by endless wars. After all, when you're so ruthless, leadership is a natural talent and the implacable rules of attrition do the rest. Now, I bet ten bucks that every second Manan Scion was among the assassinated officers in the Kuril Legion during the outbreak of the Forlgan War. I have no textual evidence <laughs> to support this, but I am absolutely certain it's the case. Okay. Now, Fagan, yeah? Yeah, yeah, continue, yeah. yeah. Okay. In vain, also possessed a bastard daughter, Menandor, and now we clap again, <laughs> uh, whom she has sent away into a foster family in a pallid reflection of the tradition of hostage taking among the nobility. Truth is, raising a child in Infane's mind required imagination to view its potential future. Best she just, just uh, scurried away yeah. the kid to some other family where she wouldn't bother the captain over much. <laughs> Menandor is but the natural decline of the Menand family line. In such a time, people like Infayan well fit the world. Let the avaricious, greedy, imaginative bastards reap the reward of the civil war. Infayan full well expected to die, leaving the family name to Menandor, along with a bowl of coagulated failure, which is a <laughs> sentence. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And, and I also made an Avenged Sevenfold reference when I read that, because, you know, welcome to the family. Yeah. So she's welcome to sit on that. Yeah. You know, when I first read your tweet saying welcome, the taste would say to the family, I thought you were misspelling taste. And then, yeah, I realized you're talking about the blood. Yeah. yeah. It's a taste. Being granted an audience with Centaur takes Infayan out of her thoughts, and the latter informs the priestess that Hunral fucked a cookfire. And the scene ends. <laughs> okay. I think here you can clap. This is a pr proper place to clap, right? <sighs> We're not even, oh god, we're not even through, halfway through the scene and it's... You know what? You didn't really describe the whole thing. You just breezed over it. Like, I didn't. Congrats. No, no, no. She, yeah. uh, she uh, let her power through and she grasped now, not just... his throat, not his, uh, what was it? Not his throat, not something else. And then, but his, Heart or something. you know, yeah. 
Yeah, and his heart, not his throat, but his cock. And then and he, he spread it savagely into the flames. And you're... And then... Um, no, you said something like the narrator was also as surprised as us. Yeah, yeah, he like... <laughs> the quote goes like, not his heart, not his throat, but his cock. And there's like a tone of surprise <laughs> in the audio, the audiobook's voice. And then you go, what the fuck am I reading? Before he continues. And then he just delivered like the most amazing snarl of, ah, abyss take me. And it's just, what the fuck? No, I so, think one of the two narrators went and thanked yeah. uh, Eric Erickson and said something like, it was fun to read, to read it out loud. Yeah. It yeah, was yeah. really fun and all that. And I'm really, really sure that it's good. It's it has to be this guy, right? It has to be the Fall of Light guy, not the Forge of Darkness one. Yeah. Because he seems to be really enjoying himself with all the <laughs> With Lazaruk especially. Yeah. Lazaruk, I know. Like, oh god, he's so <laughs> perfect. Like, yeah. We're getting off track. That's next chapter, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Shalina, so... oh god, this is so so dark. Yeah. Does sing for her name. Yeah. This whole monologue. No, not real. Not one, right? <laughs> yeah. So, scene four. I have named. I will keep you here for the company. Stay silent. You just named it. Sad, sad thoughts. I could have just named it sad thoughts. Yeah. yeah. In youth forest, a betrayer stalks the snow-laden forest floor, contemplating about the choices that led her here. Showing the Sankaru laments her actions, for she cannot, in good faith, attribute them to some higher virtue. Had she good enough cause for betraying the legion? Even so, were those reasons not selfish in nature? Vatha Urusander had given her ample cause, but the cause was not hers. She had merely fed on indignation, which should ring some bells, because it's the same thing that the Wardens did in Chapter 1. Borrowed rage, but it will do. Borrowed anger, oh, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. you're right. No, Gazing I was just upon thinking the faces, she's, yeah? Just, yeah? she's just feeling guilty once the murders are done and she's oh, on the yeah. run. Yeah. This yeah. is all just her guilt yes. speaking, nothing yes. else. Yes, God, yes. <laughs> It's actually very frustrating because she is 100% in the right to do what she does. And then she laments it like, oh, I shouldn't have done this. No, yes, you should. See, you know what? You know whom you should blame for this? Vatha? Yeah. Is it Vatha? Why is it Vatha? Yeah. Tell me why it's Vatha. <laughs> he has to be blamed. I mean, she did what he wanted her to do, whether he was yes. explicit or whether he just implied that it is better to kill these yes. guys. And halfway through, she has to like just start chasing her. Why wouldn't he protect her? She should have just... If she had the confidence, she should have gone to his chamber and stayed there and he should have protected her. No, she knows this guy is a spineless guy. He's not going to do anything no, to help her. No, so she's she very explicit about why she dumps him. What does she, she say? She dumps him because she has her, her own blood of nobles to protect. Does she say something like that? Yeah, yeah. We, we even talked about this and you said, yes, she's right. It's Chapter okay. 7. Well, well, I, she, oh, we, no. I want to blame Rusander and I'm going to blame Rusander. So. Okay, go ahead. I'm, I'm not going to say otherwise. <laughs> it's just... Like, Sharina has her own reasons for dumping him, and then she has cognitive dissonance because she thinks that, oh, these guys are nobles too, and I killed them. Like, this Tal is a noble, um, Serap's a noble, so on. Serap anyway. was a bit much, and she, realize, she realizes that, right? Yeah, but also it's she a, wasn't. It was a bit much. No, seriously. She shouldn't have really killed Serap. But no, Serap was a... She was a risk. If she had been let alive, who knows what else she would have done, right? No, no, no. It was a risk. It was a good decision. But then... It's just her guilt. I mean, Sharina's exposed and, her entire plan to Rosander, to the Seraphs. Like, I have evidence that it could lead the entire legion to the gallows. And how would you respond if I told you that? And she just laughs. Like, okay, fuck it. I'm going to kill you too, then. <laughs> Maybe she didn't laugh at it in her face and say, yeah, I'm with Hunral in this because duty and honor and shit. Then maybe she would live. But yeah, whatever. So, 
she could merely fight on indignation, gazing upon the faces of the enemies of peace. Serap, Nistala, Salan, Halid, Ral, and Feyyan, Tath. Alas, those faces either bear their culpability or righteous fury, in the face of betrayal, belong to Serenus. All this talk of culpability and betrayal and faces comes to a head as Serenus gazes down upon the deathly visage of a legion scout whom she had murdered. In a moment of self-reprehension, just... Serenus cleans her blade on the cloak of the dead soldier and sets off into the burned forest. Yeah? No, always Ericsson, whenever he starts off this type of monologues, how do you think mm-hmm. that somebody's just thinking these thoughts? No, they're actively killing someone and thinking these thoughts. It's not just... It's, a... it's like <laughs> chapter 13 of FOD is Kadafala having like one page worth of thoughts and it just cuts to his staring down at a kid who's dead. Yeah. Like yeah. he does it's this a lot that... and it's great. No, just staring at a dead kid is one thing, but you know, this one is actively killing this lady and thinking these thoughts. Oh, I shouldn't have done oh, this. Yeah. Oh, poor me. Yeah. Why did I do this? Oh, but stab, stab, you know? So it's so much fun. She's abandoned her horses and thinks on how domestication has led the animals into developing a need for their (laughs) masters, and how perhaps the same is true of the Taist. She remarks on how often they are compelled to destroy what they need, and on that upbeat note, she moves deeper into the forest, coming across multiple camps of deniers, now sites of massacres. If you needed another reason for why what she's doing is the right thing, you know. But, ah, this is where Even so... Outrage of such actions cannot help but drown in a sea of helplessness. Sharinas could feed on it whenever necessity called upon necessary violence, but it could not sustain her. Indeed, it seemed hollow when she thought when she fought for survival rather than any measure of indignation. And of course, her thoughts eventually land on Gagamandra. She wonders of why course. she wishes of to course. feel his arms not arms, arms around her, with loss written in his every caress, God. What? Though she knows she, she cannot have things? him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She knows okay. she must remain a stranger to Gagamandra's destiny, and he must in turn answer in kind. Jesus Christ, woman. There's yeah. still a lot of chapter left, and th- there's two. There's a Centaur POV and a Sagander POV, and I'm out of booze. I'm getting. Okay. Do you want to take a Sharina break? Is being... grab something? <laughs> I don't have any more. I'm just going to get through this quickly. Anyway. Sharina's is being harried <laughs> by the advanced elements of the Legion scouts, led ever onward, her southward path towards Karkanas. Karkanas? Karkanas. Has been denied. But why are we? No, it's Karkanas, right? 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 I, I don't don't confuse me. I don't know what I say. Okay. I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> Karkanas. It's Karkanas. Yeah. Okay, it's Karkanas. <clears throat> and while she directly could which... turn about and head to the east, back towards Erzor and hide. Yeah. Sorry, I'm drunk. Can I yeah. tell you one quick Canada word? It's <laughs> Karkane, which means like industry, like a factory. It's Ooh. called Karkane is the word. Yeah. So I really like the word yeah. Karkanas because, you know, it reminds me of that. Hmm. Go on. Sorry. Yeah. No, I didn't listen to your talk. You have to restart. Yeah. So while she theoretically could turn about and head to the east, back towards the Sore and hide, she knows it will be fruitless as half a company's worth, about 500 soldiers, would have set about to hunt for her. She will be found eventually. See? Yeah. Who is there in the Sore? She has a legionary okay. commander. Are She's you not serious? going to help her. She knows that. Are you serious? Yeah. Nah. No, 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 no. Oh, she's seriously considering it and then immediately discarding it because what's the point? He's not going to help her. He's just going to just How would stay you get quiet. There? What? what? Are you just going to march into a city where you're the most wanted person alive? And it's like, yeah, hi, guys. I'm here to speak the commander. And she's going to die immediately. Rand tried that and failed. Who tried it and failed? Rand, Dilgas Rand, chapter one, full of light. Oh. Yeah, are we seriously <laughs> considering that Serena could just walk into the nerd store when every soldier no, POV gets apart? Like, we're going to see her kill. You? 
I'm telling you, she can't do that because how is that Papa's fault? Everything no, is his no, fault. no, <laughs> no. Stop! I will not take the slander. But you are the one who has been saying Ulsanar can be read in many ways. You can, you know, he can, but not this. Who's so competent. Galidi must somebody who is so spineless. Yeah, I'm going with this because it makes sense to me. If his own awesome captain can't trust him to take care of her when when she is doing the things that he wants her to do, then for what, her own reasons, what can she do? She doesn't have reasons. Her only reasons is to help him. No she's bullshit. She's not bloodthirsty. She didn't go and kill these people yes, she just is. because she's not. <laughs> yes, she is. How can she be? She likes Kagamanda. She's she's just romantic. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Sharina <laughs> straight up did this because she felt indignation and then said, you know what, I'm going to abandon her, Sandra, because I have noble blood in me and that guy is not, like, spineful enough to actually help. So, yeah, in that sense, you're right. But also, she didn't, that's like, it. That's it, you can end him. the sentence <laughs> She didn't tell him, you know, yeah, can you help me? Like, no, I'm going out on my own and I am doing this for me, ultimately. But I'm also considering, like, I'm going to do it for Sandra first, but ultimately I'm doing this for me. And she is doing it for her. So she doesn't expect Urisander to help her. And she couldn't, he couldn't even if he'd like to. Like what? Yeah, I know you have like 5,000 soldiers on your ass. But you know, it would be nice if he just came back and just, you know, we shoot this all under the rug. He can't. He can, if he wanted to. How? God, how? He's how? Tell me how. He's the commander of the entire legion. Who's going to listen to him? He says, okay, you guys are going to stand down like a 3,000 spears to stab him immediately. Stab him? Then, then it's, he has he lost control. To die. He deserves to die. He That's has lost control. It's not like he can't do much about that at this point. Okay, if I keep talking, we're going to spoil it. So let's just stop here. Okay. You guys are being unfair to Sandra because you don't get it. No, no, I'm being very yeah. fair and I don't like this guy and I think he's he's spineless. No, yeah. no. When I do that about cars, I can call that. agree with me. You know you know I'm what? sure everyone's gonna agree with you because is... I'm the fuck. I'm I'm the bad guy here. I'm the one that like gets treated as an idiot for like supporting an idealist that thinks better for Colonel Galen. I'm just okay. You know what? Yeah, just burn the whole fucking no. thing to the ground. Why no, not? No, no, no. Do you know why you support him? Because that's your whole thing that you'll support the one who's which goes against the majority. <laughs> like, like excuse you. you. I okay. Yeah, that, I'm I'm contrarian. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> At least I know Nif is on my side, which is any day <laughs> now. Okay. <laughs> One luck. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Vata Alexander, not spineless. Can we continue? I would just like you to know, I would just like you guys to know that Galan's on my side and you guys can, you guys are wrong. <laughs> and we know what, what is your opinion on Galan, early? What do you think about Galan? Let's not get into that discussion right now, <laughs> yes? <laughs> Doesn't sound beneficial to my cause. I'm gonna move on. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay. uh, the TLDR is that you know, or Sandra may or may not be to blame for Serena's inability to return to his Legion camp. Are you going to? Totally. It's still not over yet, right? You're going to tell no, about no. the. There's way more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she asks Kagamanda to look upon her now and see what she has done. She has begun her own private war against the Legion, and she does not expect any succor among its enemies. She is, after all, a betrayer and a murderer, and wielding a fragile banner. Does she dare to rage righteous indignation to defend her actions? Note the irony of Nared's presence in the denier's camp was not lost on the author. <laughs> the snowfall feels languid, which is almost damning for Serena's. She thinks Agamandra would disapprove of such notions as indignation and outrage. 
and thinks she sees disapproval in his eyes. She asks him to dispense with this hunger for judgment, as it ill suits him when he's married. She'll keep him here, silent, for company, as winter is the season he wears best. That's, that's kind of cute, say? right? That's so no, cute. No. This no. is the season you wear best. Stop. Cease. No. No. You can't tell okay. me this is cute. It's very cute. Like... No, come on. I will keep you here for the company. Look, Stay look. silent. I like so I like Sharina as much as the next guy, but you can't tell me she's not dissociating. <clears throat> Fine, go on. Snapping twig. Get together, man. Yeah. Seriously, I hope there's nothing else I want from Walk in Shadow except Edgewalker's identity and these two getting together doesn't, and like living in some. Doesn't what? Doesn't Tulas join Hood? Tulas joins Hood. Yeah, but after yeah. a long, long, healthy, long lifetime of right. That's what right, because I'm sure Hood will like wait. Like, okay, guys, hang on. There's this nice guy no, that like Hood really wants have to get married. A single, single recruitment era. He has like millennia. Anybody can join anybody. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So a snapping twig catches Serena's attention to a scout nearby. <laughs> she decides to ambush, remarking how close she'd almost got him to being ambushed. In a rather messy and gory manner, Serena disposes of the scout, leaving her to bleed out from a cut from her artery. In the case of her thoughts, she thinks the scout may live long enough to point to her direction, since her dying shout gave her position away. But I think the blood dripping from Shaina's blade and body are probably indication enough. No, what does she say? She she thinks something else. Oh, Sharina, think it through. My yeah, tracks are now through. plain enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. She's so disoriented. It's so uncharacteristic for her, right? Like she's she dissociating. Be... Yeah, yeah. Because you know she thinks of Kakamandra as like this guy who's gonna get married, as if he's gonna get any, and you know. What? He's going to get married. That's the whole point. No. He's going to get married. No. Maybe. <laughs> no. Maybe not. I hope so as well as the conversion of her position, yeah, Serena sets up one more. I'm drunk. Don't, don't let me interrupt. <laughs> I'm okay. never going to win this chapter over this continuum. <laughs> Whose bright idea was it to get drunk today? Not, not <laughs> mine. Mine. Yeah. mine. I'm going to be... And you will see why. Because the next scene is in power and the after that's a gander. I need to be drunk for this. Right. As always, is converging her position. Sharina sets off once more, thinking how the stupidity is piled up due to her criminal action. We've already discussed why Ersander is totally to blame for Serena's being unable to return, which he isn't. But anyway, I remember when you read this scene, you texted saying something like, "How long does it take for a femoral artery bleed?" Yeah, I mean, goddamn, because it's savage. Like, yeah, you know, she might live long enough. Like, no, you cut her like femoral artery. I don't think she'll live like more yeah, than twenty it's... seconds. No, no, she must have got minutes. Few minutes at least. Okay. Right. <laughs> now we'll see how you know. Yeah. Uh, that's scene four just ended. Scene five is next. What are they calling this? Uh, you know, spineless it no no. Duty or Sander. Even the ox knows of the man. And and I'm going to take a drink now because I need Duty what? I Duty or Sander. Even the ox knows it's the man. I think this is just a you know, Easter egg for Tolder Hounds. Yeah, no, it's it's totally not Centauri being classed as fuck. No, no, nothing like that. Yeah, just. But she's so pretty. Egg. She can't be classist. Someone that pretty can't be classist. You know. No, she has a hard shape. I'm, I'm not gonna go nuclear over this. I am not going to go nuclear like... over this. <laughs> I need my job. I need my job. What 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 color eyes <laughs> does she have now? There's something like I don't fucking know. between lilac and blue, and she's very pretty. Come on. <laughs> Okay. Don't, right. such a rake, please. Don't just say that 
was it on your knees sintara and you know don't shame her she she's a high priestess give her some respect yeah here in i should just you know disrespect the spyless idiot who has actual principles rather than this jake who is at least honest and forthcoming about being a bitch he doesn't help him in any way he he yeah. might as well go hide in a chamber of light like mother dark and let yeah, them yeah, fight it yeah. out for themselves and you know at least not be culpable he is standing there listening to everything and not doing anything and he is culpable now is mother dark also culpable no because she has disappeared no? she is gone she is at least doing something worthwhile right, right? she is exploring her magic what is this guy doing just talking and is looking at the window and shaming sintara and ignoring hunran postponing all his decisions not doing anything I'm not going to talk about that. I'm, I'm just not going to talk about that. It's fine. I'm sorry. It's fine. I, I'm not. I'm not going to convince anybody. It's fine. You know what? It's fine. We're just going to get the spoilers. Like I said, I'm just going to continue we because can. this is Sintara, and I'm going to go nuclear over Sintara anyway. Two more so chapters. And then we'll do a spoiler solve. Okay, just two more yeah. chapters. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Sintara, just fine. as Renar articulated, is instructing Sagander in his book of the new religion. The scholar, unfortunately, isn't obliging, and Sindara remarks that his habits of late have become rather irritating, and his usefulness may be coming to an end. Sagandra responds that she would have him do precisely what Renar mocked him for, and rather than accepting the irony for once, he doubles down and says that this is exactly why the lowborn must remember their stations. Renar, Rosander, the soldiers, they all seek to uproot the natural order of the horror. Please don't more drink. Question. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Is this asshole Sagander? Is he a highborn? Why is he so bent upon preserving the classes? What is he? He's just a tutor and an abandoned, exiled tutor with one leg. What is he going on about high class and low class? What is he? It's a. It's about education mostly. Please. Or what he considers to be education. Please. No. He's yeah. so sure I mean, it is about just their about... birth. It's not just about birth and blood and whatnot, because that's one aspect. The other aspect is that, like, they're simple-minded, dim-witted stuff like that. Because, of course, he knows best, and he is, you know, like the ultimate being, the smartest individual, the best. So, yeah. <clears throat> no, no, I'm not convinced. No, yeah. I mean, he. Who are the no highborn? It's not him. It's not Sintara. Why are these guys act yeah. pretending as if they are born new noble borns and? Why are they doing because this? Because they, they are noble-borns in the new order. Uh, uh, they are the highest beings in the new order. They're noble-reborn, not noble-born. They are high in their own supplies, what they are. <laughs> I'm going to continue, if you don't mind. So, Sintara replies that such words would see his head roll. Hmm. Yeah. And though she understands that Draconis is the enemy, by the time all this is done, there will be no concert Mother Dark, and so he'll be powerless. Sagander protests, claiming that Draconis is being underestimated. He holds Congress with unknown powers. He speaks with Azathanai. He brought a gift of darkness to Mother Dark, opening a gate to another realm of no explanation. Tantara true, doesn't keep him. Yeah. This is all very true. Yeah, this is not stupid. This is all true. So obviously, you Santara, know what Tantara tells him? Yeah. Obviously, what he ignores them. Yeah. All right. There's missing the trench. <laughs> yeah. Since they have Trisha's gift to contend with. Yeah. The Azathanai, the scholar replies, therefore play both sides, seeking discord. Which isn't wrong. Yeah, it seems like, yeah. I can't, like, say this is wrong in good faith. Yeah. The priestess responds that it was a shame he was unable to accompany Draconis. But Sagander, which on the one hand feels like a threat, on the other hand feels like, oh, yeah, maybe if you had seen them, it would be better. I don't know. Was it like a threat? I didn't realize. Okay. I feel like he would die if he was. 
with them, you know? Like, they could kill you because you're an idiot. I think that's what she's saying. But mm-hmm. I don't get that from the subtext as much. Anyway, uh, yeah. Sagan recounters that they plotted against him so that nobody will witness Dracoonus' deeds. Note 2, the sheer amount of rationalization to reach such a conclusion easily gives Sagandra gold in the mental gymnastic Olympic Games. <laughs> His broken leg was hardly cause for amputation. Excuse yeah. me? Did you type yeah. that thing? <laughs> yeah. Yes. You did. Good. <laughs> so His broken good. leg, therefore, was hardly cause for amputation. A friendly reminder that Sagandra's wound was an open fracture, along with his knee joints being dislocated. Gangrene oh, would have why you look killed him. Sure. Fracture. Yes, don't do that. that Please don't, don't, do don't, that. don't do yeah, that. Don't do, don't that, do yeah. that. Bad idea. Now, he has no words left, for pain has overtaken him, and he must now seek his thoughts. Sintara thinks on this. His insistence on sinking into oblivion is his way of bearing libations to the altars of the gods of pain, which is a very interesting parallel to Gavin's thought. Hmm. Something to keep yeah. in mind. Yeah. Uh, even so, she dismisses him. Now, prior to taking his leave, Sagander advises the priestess to have Renara removed, then Sintara replies that she will think on it. Spoiler, she doesn't. Her thoughts <laughs> instead turning to Rosander and his fabricated noble ancestry. No, Rosander is a common soldier, a lowborn, a spineless idiot. And it shows he is the prime example of such a people, utterly devoid of any virtue beyond duty. But then again, even oxen know the demands of duty. When musing on that notion, however, Sintara realizes that the higher one climbs in social ranking, the hollower that virtue feels. But was it not the highborn that cried to duty whenever things went south? Duty, they cried in the name of the realm. But the supers don't come from such folk as from folk such as Rosander. No. They are your Hunralds, your Emerald Aniers, the commanders, advisors, allies among the highborn. The trails abound. Now, I wanna point out that beyond the fact that uh Cinderella is making a good point for a change. Brazak <laughs> and Dahan are also brought this up. Exactly. Like, three I was chapters ago. That. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you know, yeah. if we have a contender for a chorus that isn't Renard, it's these guys for sure. And just, yeah. I, I just love how they do this because they do this consistently. You have yeah. a chapter with Brazak and Dahanar and they will just tackle like some matters that will be brought up like two, three chapters in the future. And only when all those things they tackled are complete do they return back and onto page. And it's just, oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so it's. <laughs> I'm I'm being um as others may say pretentious and uh, gushing over the book a bit too much, but fuck you. I am drunk as shit and I Can love you. Please these two. not tell fuck you to people who listen to us. Can you not? We love you if you listen to us, but I, you know I'm not particularly sober right now. Right. In any case, yeah, I have um a few bones to grind. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Rosanna therefore must be taught once more the meaning of duty. <laughs> I hate Sindar. Sorry. In the name of the realm, he must recall his low origins and embrace them. Sintara must reconsider her conversation with Emeral. Darkness does not represent the vice of the Tyst, and they need lack of virtue. Nay, they must balance one another, so that the system of checks and balances inherent in rulership must remain in place. Let the two deities balance each other out and have their chosen priestesses invest them with proper humility and holy shit, Sintara. <laughs> Okay. Yes. Perhaps she thinks that in fomenting aloofness, Mahadark was right. Let none draw too close, lest the veneer of sanctity and divinity collapse. Yet again, Sagander spoke truth. I'm trying, I promise. Draconis <laughs> is too close to Mother Dark. He holds too many of her secrets, and so they must dispose of him. She and Emerald Lanier shall be the guardians of their chosen deities. Standing between them, 
and everyone else. And I will not insult your intelligence by pointing out how intensely arrogant this is, but I, I, I'm sorry, bear with me. Yeah. Okay, so Sintara, in the meantime, summons a priestess to bring her Emerald's letter and a messenger. She will transcribe Emerald's letter for it was written in Temple Cursive and now she has transliterated for Orisander <laughs> to be able to read. See, it even has the Temple's stamp of approval. She translated it herself, you see. Mm-hmm. In a flash of what we may more charitably call conscience, Sintara sees Renar sitting in her chair and smiling derisively. And in her fountain of wisdom, the priestess concludes that inviting a whore to ascend this new, to a new station is always an error. It's <laughs> coming from Sintara. <laughs> now, people must settle on a level that comforts them and abide by natural laws, determining the limits of their capacity. You know what? This, this phrase, natural law, is beginning to like trigger me. I just hate it so much now because it's been like repeatedly brought up, repeatedly mentioned by these guys. There is a natural law. I just hate it so much. Like if every one of them are skinned and boiled, I would be so happy. Sorry. I'm a non-violent person usually, but still. It's going to be hardcore. Okay. Yeah. So it is the <laughs> flexibility, read social mobility, proclaimed by Hunral that is a threat to such a rigid hierarchy. And the only valid response to that is no fucking shit. <laughs> Obviously. The realm risks the anarchy of the undeserving, since such an elevation would leave them discontented as it would fail to hide their paucity of talent and ability. She sees bloody days ahead. Centara and Emerald must thereby make assassins of their chosen recesses. And yes, this does parallel St. Emerald's thoughts from last chapter about how she's a spy master and she her you know, she had dismissed her priestesses because they chatter incessantly. And she would welcome it from. She would gather information, but she hides from it. And basically, everything Centara says is like the exact opposite of what Emerald thinks. I don't know if it's worse that Emerald still does what Centara says, basically, while thinking it's the wrong thing to do, or if Centara thinking is the right thing to do in the first place is worse. I'm not really sure. I don't know. I don't want to think about either of those things. Scene six. You know what I've been thinking about? <laughs> this thing saying, I see bloody days ahead. That would yeah. be a great like calendar reminder if you're tracking your periods to say I see. My God! <laughs> I'm sorry. That's why where my mind is stuck. Can you go to Right, scene six. <clears throat> yeah, what are you calling this? This civil war, it is nothing but hubris. Oh, is it? A, is it a line from this chapter? Yes, and I hate Sagander so much. Okay. Okay. Hey. Oh, this is... Oh, because, this of course, is, oh God, it's not okay. hubris from your Hunrals and your Emerald Nears. It's hubris from the average common soldier for thinking they can ascend past the From station. the lowborn who are trying to yes. defy the natural yes. law. Yes. Yeah, please, can you, right, can so you keep your this, bigotry straight? This entire scene is just... Okay, just I know, okay. I hate this. Can we just skip this? Can we just go to the next one? I don't want to do this. <laughs> like, three pages <laughs> worth of this shit. Hang on, okay. Right, Um. so... Sagander uh, mopes about his physical imperfections. His arms are old and frail, his eyes are left watered and reddened, and his severed leg is black as onyx, and so it shall be until his vengeance is done, or so he says. 
The boy leading the cart wields a riding crop, and the sound it makes leads Sagander down the path of impressive rules lawyering. If he used such an instrument, then reasonably his hand would never have touched Arathan. Ergo, he would remain within his rights. Not that he wasn't already within his rights, since Arathan was a bastard after all. And you know, it will be sorted enough if he stopped there, but he goes on. In his mind, he envisions a trial of Draconus and Arathan, tended by scholars of the time, or at least those that cast him out, which is to say all of them. He imagines how he would array his arguments, and in so doing, sway the entire room, and thus Arathan and his father would be condemned. In so doing, they would, of course, elevate Sagander to the highest days in Coral Galen, for where else would such a glorious mind be found? Upon that platform, Sagander would stand upon two hail legs, because of course, with the magic present in the world, anything was possible. Yeah. I'm out of booze. I'm out of booze, and I'm very annoyed. <laughs> Do you have After some time, something? Go yeah. grab it, we can leave. I have nothing. I have nothing. I have no booze. So I'm just, I just need to persevere. After some time, they reach Sagander's tent, and the old man commands the driver to open the tent flap. Lazy bastard. And scolds what the main slash failed of I mean, Sataras within. Yeah? No, nothing, nothing. <laughs> Go on. Uh, because she is lowborn and lazy, or something. He sits on an ornate stool and stretches out both legs. Only when he got what? very high would he see the. Yeah? What both legs? He sees the other leg, you know. He sees okay, it. You, you mean yeah. like that, right, right? Yeah, he said he. Oh, I think the quote is like stretch out both legs. Okay, yeah, yeah, correct, you're right. Only when he got very high would he see the wounds of his ghost leg, and when sleep took him, he would see his leg befouled, lying lying buried in a latrine pit, which is true. They did bury it in a latrine pit. This is what we saw Aratan seeing. Yeah, yeah. And so he resolves that he will answer in kind, uttering that promise in his mind before the audience and watching as they shivered in fear. Who then, he asks, will be the first to beg for mercy? Mm-hmm. Why am I doing this? <laughs> Skip now, this. Shaltasa's entrance takes Sagander out of his train of thoughts, and in her Finally. words, the scholar cannot discern any hint of sarcasm, but the girl's eyes seem to hint of some deeper goal beneath her visage. She offers to help him with his leg, this ghost of his, and inwardly resolves. And he inwardly resolved to make this creature pure again. Oh my god, stop, please. Every line, every yeah. line is... She but... has to be purified because of all the abuses yeah. her mother yeah. has inflicted upon her. Okay, He's I just want to point out, like, we're now in. Yeah, okay, go yeah. on. He's going to achieve her salvation. Yeah, so yeah. we're an hour in, and I just want to point out that, like, this is... That this, we're not being... Uh, contrarian or deliberately woke or anything like that. This genuinely makes me viscerally cringe. Like, actually, I cannot summarize this without feeling, like, dirty and just annoyed. Which is a sign of very good writing, by the way, because there's a very clear, ironic undertone by Galan, because it's Galan, let's be fair. But it's written so well that you buy that these people really do believe this. And it's <laughs> despicable. Utterly you know despicable. You have despicable. a stronger yeah. reaction to this scene than the Fuck the cook fire scene. I don't know what this is. Yeah, we're quite okay. But, but then, yeah, as Nick pointed out, it's consensual, so we're okay. It's consensual, that. yeah. There's no classism inherent in that scene. It's just consensual fireplay, you know. God. So you uh, need to bring him back. 
So Shaldatha wonders why the skin of his leg remains so black, which tips Sagander off that maybe the sorcery emanating from his leg is palpable, even to people like Shandara. Shandara? Shaldatha. Shaldatha. And Can we just say because the we irony finished... of this, yeah. Because we finished this chapter, we know that she's much more powerful. Her sorcery is much... Yeah. Yeah. She's, the irony she's of the statement reeks from the page. Yes. Hiding it. Yeah, yeah. Sagander has. Uh, she invites him to sit on his cot so that she may caress his leg once more. But guilt, she which say I didn't know he had no. in him. Yeah. No, no, no. I thought you used the wrong word. Yeah, she does say caress. Correct. Yeah. Takes over Sagander as he's basically lied to Shaltafa so that he may touch her. At least he's not being too inappropriate about it. And I can't believe I had to specify that. Can you but like still... differentiate between degrees of inappropriateness? You're either inappropriate or you're fine. Yeah, the Please yeah the power dynamics it. here are just. Uh, uh, can we just no? Come on, please. Come on, there's Dave, an interruption. Why? Go on, go on with the interruption. Quickly yeah. interrupt them. No, it's like under eventually lens. <laughs> Good as it all should be. <laughs> all as it was, all as it, all is as it should be. I can't speak. I'm sorry. But in Feyen yeah. walks in, and of course the scholar assays her characteristics in contrast with Shaltatha, because that's important for us to know. You know, how like <laughs> plump she is versus how like, you know. God. <laughs> the captain shortly and succinctly, utterly devoid of empathy and imagination, as is in Feyen's MO, informs Tagander that Shaltatha is now in the custody of the temple. The tutor initially protests, but eventually relents, much to everyone's relief, and Shaltatha takes her leave. In <laughs> Feyen then informs the scholar that while he may not be among those who have damaged her, his days of tutoring her privately are at an end. His comment about honor is discarded by Enfeyan, but Sagander raises a very good point. She has a track record of killing children. Yeah. Uh, the captain's rather chilling response that in the name of duty, one must set aside honor. This is a great quote. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Such a good way to characterize the yeah. Legion soldiers, right? It is. It is. Yeah. it is. Sagander assures her that he never harmed Saldatha and merely tried to remove her from the influence of her mother. Infeyan is unimpressed. Both he and the temple will fail in that sense. In her view, being a whore is defined by making a commodity of one's body, which isn't necessarily wrong. It's the fact that it's used in such a pejorative context which makes this deplorable. If Sagander believes that through certain measures, salvation for such individuals is possible, then why does he rail against the elevation of the legion soldiers so? By such arguments, Sagander replies, the captain would oppose Ral's and Ursander's vision. Is that so wise? And I'm going to be honest, I don't know where that happens. I don't say where the yeah, contrast happens. happens. Like, Is it the... the um... Because Sagander says, like, in Fagan is somehow contrasting her argument with Ral and Ursander's okay. arguments, and I just no, don't no, see no. where see, that is. When Ral wants to elevate the soldiers, Sagander is opposed to that because they're lowborn. But he believes yeah. that salvation is possible for someone like Sheltata, even though she's already yeah. a prostitute. So she's saying, how can you co compare the two? Because you want one to be salvaged, the other to be like, not rise up in the ranks. That's what she's asking, right? Mm -hmm. She's equating the two and asking him, how is he differentiating between these two these two sets of people? <clears throat> no? Right. Yeah, no, I mean, sure. Make sense? Yeah. So, um, the name Faye of... merely repeats her mantra before leaving the room. The tutor shivers in the cold, reminiscing on the oh God, reminiscing on the inherent weakness of the military system. Giving every ignorant lowborn a sword gives an edge to their opinions, and therefore, 
there can be no congress among them, for if inequity appears again, the slaying shall begin anew. Therefore, the only logical solution to this is abolishing the military wholesale. For the stations of society are natural creations, and only through faith will people find salvation. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying, you guys, I promise, I'm trying. <laughs> this civil war, why? It is nothing but hubris. Centaurus' plan to create a balance between light and dark must thereby guide society. A few to rule, and the many follow. Urusander shall serve as a figurehead for the time being, but make no mistake, the true rulers are those one step below, your scholars and your priests. Sagander, therefore, shall write to Rysorath and implore him to understand, and set up the new order. The two shall be as equals, and they shall conspire to save Gerard Galen, and end to soldiers, and the rise of scholars. How nice. His whole thing about <coughs> power is one step below the days is the same thing what Sintara was thinking about, but she was thinking of writing yeah. back to Imral. Yeah. So. Yeah. They're, that's mine. <coughs> one thing I want to mention <laughs> is that yeah, yeah, this, yeah. 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 No, uh, no. This salvation by faith alone is actually a very interesting point in Christian theology. It's called solafide, I think. Solafide, I don't know. I don't speak Latin. Which translates basically to salvation by faith alone. It is one of the core tenets of Protestantism and other such denominations following the Catholic Reformation, since one of the key uh, objections of Luther and his posse, so to speak, is the selling of indulgences, as in, you know, here. You pay, and your soul gets entered in, in, into paradise, and you can absolve of your sins for the measly sum of like half a year's wages. Jeez. Mm -hmm. um, this bastardization of solified is just another step in making Sagander and Sandara so fucking deplorable to me. It just takes good natural concepts and just brings them down for no good purpose beyond the fact that they can't think for themselves, and it just frustrates me. It annoys me. It, I'm trying. I'm really trying. It's just hard. It's, it's almost over. Come on. Okay. Right. The acolyte from earlier returns, wielding two buckets of dung chips. <laughs> Symbolism. Dung chips. It just says something like, you know. It's a, yeah, dung or shit. It doesn't say shit. It says dung. dung. A, a bucket of yeah. dung in each hand. Yeah, that's, that's what we should so, feeding the fire, Sagander thinks, is a modest task, befitting such low-born individuals. This, then, is civilization's gift, finding tasks for disadvantaged individuals, but making it clear that limits to social mobility do exist. Everyone must know their place, and they shall enforce their will with house blades or a city constabulary, which is, of course, totally not like an army, you guys. We disbanded our army. And, of course, uh, to end the scene, Sagander demands the attention of the woman, thinking how generosity among the powerful was truly a virtue. And fuck, I hate these people so much. <laughs> I hope there's a scene where this dung lady just stabs him in the heart or something. I hope that if happens. this was Reaper's Gale, if this was Reaper's Gale, this would be like the equivalent of Ben Sathad, and he would just kill the guy at his hands. Unfortunately, Karkanan is not Reaper's Gale. Yeah. Much to my chagrin. Um, yeah. Is this the last scene? I think it's the last one, right? Uh, there's one more scene, yeah. With um. No, the, the Renard one coming up? Is there another after yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. No, no. Okay. okay, okay, go on. So scene seven is uh, the strongest thing I've ever seen. And beneath it, the color of slate. Shaldatha yeah. has been put into Renard's care, thereby making their <laughs> abode a temple of disrepute for the two whores. Because, of course, 
Hunral apparently dispatched the girl here and delivered by Fein and Sintara assayed her for the temple, but decided she wouldn't do because of her misused flesh or some such shite. Shaltatha makes an attempt at a biting comment, but Renar cynicism incarnate, and such puny attempts are easily deflected from her armor. Now I bring up armor, specifically in contrast with Felicin, and you know, if you know you know. <gasps> oh, is that what you're doing here, right? Okay. It's I think, especially the quote earlier. Um, how like about her stain and her banner, her coat of arms? It's very similar. Mm-hmm. So okay. yeah, if her words would cut, she needs to sharpen her guile and choose her targets wisely. Shaldatha has heard of Renar. The soldiers speak of her, and she was missed until the incident. Yeah. Renar replies that she has high expectations, <laughs> and the double entendre is just too good to pass up. Yeah. <laughs> claims that this, all of this, is simply an attack upon her mother. They tell her it's for her own good, but nobody quite understands. That would be relieved to Shishaltatha away. She's only pimping her, uh, pimping her daughter out due to envy. She has made her own habits her instruments of abuse, but the disciple has long now overcome the master. Renar replies that she might be perceptive, but that does not make her wise, and Shaltatha displays her sorceress powers, because Sagander's an idiot, <laughs> and thereby can purge her body from any stains. Now, shockingly, that seems to surprise Renar. Didn't think that was possible. And she asks what Shaltatha has in mind now that she's separated from Tath. Her response is that she wants nothing, since ambition, which she is surrounded by, no shit, makes every visage agree to behold. Renard's ambition, however, seems non-existent, which is ouch. And her visage remains pretty enough. Is that something to admire or emulate? She has nothing left to purge of herself. The fires, Shaltatha replies after all, wouldn't find her, and indeed Renar agrees. She elects more mundane means that will serve, that will serve Shaltatha as well, should the sorcery fail. And it will fail, eventually, as everything comes with a cost. And in Shaltatha's case, that cost has manifested in the wasteland in her eyes. The girl seems to begrudgingly accept Renard's instruction after this, so she has had a tutor before, who mostly used lessons and is an excuse to touch her gods below. Yeah. Which taught her just about nothing. He also had her massage his severed limb, which he could still see, as could Shaltatha, as every living being emanates stuff. What she mm-hmm. describes as remnant energy, very cradle-wise. Cradle-wise, she sees a similar, yeah. yeah. She seems <laughs> sees a similar emanation from hale bodies, differently depending on the individual. Renard's, for instance, is the color of a clear sky, with something hinting at slate beneath it. What that tells Shaltatha is that Renard hides a secret. Now, the latter invites her to make this the subject of her study. Even though Renard has no magical ability, she is quite adept at reading people, and so she can help Shaltatha identify just what it is that she sees. Sintara was apparently proof to Shaltatha's abilities, not that she's particularly difficult to read into, and Feyen is merciless and emotionless, but those traits make her fear complexity in imagination. She can't grasp subtlety, and when she can't make sense of a situation, her response is rage. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Renar is impressed, and instructs the girl to not let anyone else know. On that note, why did she tell Renar about the sorcery? Shaltatha replies that it's because yeah, Renar's... Yeah. No, 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 yeah. Um, well, that's the question Renar actually asks. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah, Renar actually <laughs> asks that, yeah. Shaltatha replies that it's because Renar's energy did not change with her presence, or her knowledge. Renar wants nothing from her, means no harm, and she feels no wonder, no envy, nothing. Whatever her secret is, it has nothing to do with her but it's the strongest thing she's ever seen. And beneath it, it's the color of slate. 
Renard offers to show the girl to her room and thinks on how secrets are often kept from fear. Well, not in her case. For her, there's only patience. The color of her emanation mimicking that of a darkening, dusky sky waiting for the night to come. We call that... What? Twilight? Anyone? Oh, we call that the color of slate. Yeah. Which... Nice. I'm going to level a question at you. Uh, I don't know if we can discuss this, but is Renard either? Is Renard... You know what? I, I just took it as very metaphorical that she her aura is blue, her energy is blue with a hint of slate to say that, yeah. you know, she's not very straightforward. But what does blue, blue and slate mean? I, I don't think so. I don't think she's Edor or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, Back I don't know if she turns Edor anytime soon, but she's not. I don't know either. I think, I don't know. I don't know, man. Not, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to bring up is, since we're on the topic of, uh, you know, color analysis, often in literature and art especially, um, blue denotes either purity or serenity or depression. Mm-hmm. So okay. pick and choose which one of those you like. Um, now, I think blue obviously... indicates all the fictional characters whom you start loving. We are naturally attracted to depressed people. I don't know. No, no. I'm talking about Shiva yeah, I know who it's about. I know who it's about. I know who it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Sorry. And also Ethan, but you know, whatever. Ethan blue. Ethan Is has blue? a he, the the Aurelius clan has. His robes are blue. Oops. That that His robes are blue. No, no, his uh, his standard is blue. Anyway, so, apologies for that. Um, for what? What happened? Yeah. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Yeah, we uh, have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, yeah. So beyond blue denoting all the characters which I love, it also denotes what? Well, I'm trying to remember what like blue um denotes in big scandals, but I have no idea what Warren that was. Well, that no. matters. I don't think it's connected in that sense. I don't think it matters. It yeah. might be. Feel free to look it up if you want. I don't remember at all I because I don't like it, Beak. Yeah. But yeah, whatever. I'm just... Okay, I just... If you didn't know that... Okay. Yeah, I just killed the rest of the half of our audience. Right. Well... Um, By yeah, hating yeah. on Beak? Yeah, yeah. Did you just hate on him? I don't think you did. Did you? Um, no, not really. Uh, so, what else? All right, Slate. Blue is... I not... Oh my god, Lee. Yeah. Blue... Various shades indicate Kural Emerlan, Kural Galen, and Deep Blue is Russian. Fucking nailed it. See? See? How... I didn't know that. that was I think Steve would be equally guess, surprised. By the way. No, Steve might be equally surprised. But still. Maybe. But yeah, that was a guess. Uh, <laughs> um, what else? Slate. I'm not really sure what in like art Slate would dictate. In general, grayish tones are... You know, shifty and mysterious and whatnot, but no. they also indicate you know a more dour mood. You know, less uh, they're not they're um duller. I don't know what the word is. No, I'm not an artist. I'm sorry. They're either. That's all. They just indicate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's You're all. Right. Yeah. yeah. My bad. Yeah. That's all. That's all. Yeah. My bad. Blue indicates Naples. Gray indicates either. And green is this is what I get for trying to do. This is what I get for trying to do analysis with a drunk Mora. We drank so much today. We should we, we should really should stop doing this for like proper chapters. No. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, if you've reread the series, you may have an idea what this is about. Um, if you have, leave us a comment because I honestly don't remember about like half the shit I just said. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I asked them for Naruto Eater because I genuinely don't remember <laughs> if it's just tackled <laughs> in the series or not. You know what? Um, it's, it's that meme thing. Like, we can't spoil the series because we don't remember anything in the series. Exactly, yeah. That's how it is, Fall of Light. Every chapter is like <laughs> a new thing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think I don't have wind anything up? else to add, do you? No. Yeah. Can we wind up? Yeah. So. There's fun chapters coming up, so. Yeah, 12 and 13 are great. 14 oh, is back to being depressing. Yeah. Isn't 14 good? 14 is also good. It's not, it's, it's, I didn't say it's bad. I just said it's depressing yeah. compared to like 12 and 13. Yeah. Those, I mean, those I'm thinking those two. Just, oh, so, God. Oh, there is Lazaruk and then we have Arathan and Korea. It's so nice that I, Steve has started like dividing everything into like uh, location based. It's mm-hmm. really good. Right. He should have done this from the start. I agree. Yeah. Before you know, the tale of storm has changed, which I am willing to bet was just like he realized, oh fuck, I need to like tackle this too, and I can't really get into it. So I'm just gonna say, okay, you know what? Yeah, no, come no. here, we're going back. I think he was waiting to start Lhasa, and then he thought, oh my god, I might as well put some Sintara here. Yeah, just to piss everyone off before we get to the actual fun stuff. Yeah. So anyway, on that upbeat note of uh, you know promising chapters ahead that are less space. Um. <laughs> Yeah, we will see you next time, I hope. So, good night. Bye-bye. Good night.